0: Listener Production. Coming up on the Footy Talk Podcast for your Monday, we wrap up the AFLW. We talk all the news of the big week that is coming into the finals footy, and we'll give you three things to look out for Thursday, Friday night blockbusters at the MCG. This is a huge edition of the Footy Talk Podcast coming up next. Happy Monday, one and all, as we push on past the bye round and look firmly towards the first week of finals. We said hello to a new AFLW season, as I say hello to a woman whose frequent flyer points balance <laughs> is the envy of the entire AFL and maybe the world, Miss Abby Holmes, welcome.
1: Good morning, good morning. Yes, an amazing weekend of footy, kickoff for AFLW, but happy Father's Day, oh, you both yes. to both of you, Ryan and Daniels, you're going to... Introduce the great man soon, but hope you guys had a wonderful Father's Day. No, I did have
0: a wonderful Father's Day, culminating in going to a quick little jaunt to find some uh, attire for Tilly to get to school today, but that's neither here nor there. As I look down the line and I welcome the unofficial Mayor of Perth, the man who genuinely has his Aww. finger on the pulse, Mr. Ryan Daniels,
2: welcome. I do. This is the finger right here. <laughs> and Dale, that's what I wanted to say to you. Well done this morning, because I know you've been hustling to find mm. school uniforms because of, you know, losing another's uniform last week. But this is what Father's Day is all about. I I called another good mate of mine, Adrian Barrett, yesterday on, uh, wow. on Father's Day about something else, and he said, oh, I'm just changing my daughter's tyre. And I was like, well, mate, that's Father's Day. You know, you can have the <laughs> socks and the jocks and all the other stuff. It's about being a dad. So well done to you. Hats off. And to all the dads out there, happy Father's Day.
0: Absolutely, and all the special people, too, as class themselves as dad. I had a mum who was also my dad, so that's interesting. Uh, you're going to yep. kick us off. News
2: time. Nick Dacos, all the news in and around the pie, some big ins and maybe the biggest out of all. Yeah, so there was a lot of excitement yesterday at training, at Collingwood training, because he stepped things up. He was doing some sprints, a lot of fans mm-hmm. out there, obviously, finals, everybody's up and about. And the talk started, hey, hold on a minute, could he be back early? And then his brother did a little bit of a media appearance and sort of hinted that, hey, it was possible. The Pies have shut that down pretty quickly. It, it basically, what's coming out of there is if this was an elimination game, if there was everything on the line, let's say it was a grand final even, Nick Dacos probably plays. Absolutely. But they've got a little bit of a, a second chance up their sleeve, of course. So they're going to take the conservative approach, which I think is the right move. This guy, if you can get through this week and and beat Melbourne without him, you get that extra week off Mm. and then you're set for a home prelim. That is the ideal scenario. If you lose, you've still given him a week of rest and then you've got another game coming up the week after, which you could then throw him into the mix. So I think that's probably the smartest move, right? We see that it is fraught with danger playing injured players. Obviously, the Swans last year went into a grand
0: final with a couple who were underdone Mm. and they did not fire a shot in Mm. that one. Nick Dacos looks like he's moving all right, but it only takes one knock to get going. I'm sure the Pies uh, medical staff will be absolutely hoping that they win this week, get the extra week, and then I think she's happy Well, You guys
1: are both touching on it, but when you've got a second chance, you don't risk someone of the calibre of Nick Dacos when you've got a second chance up your sleeve.
0: Absolutely. He's a star. What about Harley Reid? The
2: most talked about, (laughs) arguably number one prospect ever.
1: I was asked this
2: at? yesterday by somebody: that is, is this the most hype you've seen for a number one pick? And I think it is. I, I can remember Maddie Cruiser getting a hell of a lot of hype back in the day because Carlton Richmond was sort of in that mix for that, and it was a big deal. And it was the Cruiser Cup. Do you remember that it was huge? So this is as close as I think we're going to get, and maybe even it's gone past Cruiser. The, the crazy thing I don't I don't like is this social media talk. <laughs> now there was a couple of big stories put out about Harley Reid a, f- a couple of months ago, liking stories where West Coast were getting palmed or Adam Simpson's job was under pressure and Harley Reid's liked them. They've been screenshotted and shared around. This got a bit out of control. Now, I've done some research and I've gone down a bit of a rabbit hole and Mm. I've discovered that he's also liked the Club Champion Awards from the other night. Tim Kelly won the Eagles Club Champ. Well done to Tim. Harley Reid's liked that. He liked to post where the Eagles got 100,000 members and celebrated that. And he liked to post about Elijah Hewitt winning a Rising Star nomination. What I am saying from this... Dale and Abby is. Harley Reed likes everything, and can we stop analysing what he is and isn't liking? Absolutely. I'm only bringing this up today to make a point, and Absolutely. that's it.
1: Harley Reed comes from a generation that has grown up with social media. He's got likey thumbs. He does. Okay, so what, what old people generally do, older people, is they sit there and they scroll. They don't necessarily stop and like, whereas yeah, I, do I wish I could show you on a podcast...
0: The younger generation, they
1: scroll, they like. They scroll, they like. That's just what you do.
0: Ryan's got his finger on the pulse. So Ryan never reads,
1: likes any of my posts, though, never. so I'm a bit dirty I, on him. I don't Reed's
0: have likey thumb thumbs. Like.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you don't yeah. have likey thumbs.
2: No, no. but I'm, I'm going to promise to you from here on, Abs, yes. I'm going to like everything. I'm going to like all of your posts. Daisy, if you post, I'm going to like everything. I'm going to be Harley Reed. I'm going to channel my inner Harley. Love that. And like everything. Chuck but,
1: a comment in as well through I, the month of September. I can't please. wait till
2: Abs's <laughs> next post is something somewhere in the water with a bikini and you just look like an absolute creep. <laughs> That's the first one that I like (laughs) out of all of them. Out of nowhere, real creeps. are doing your best work out of the divorced thanks to Harley (laughs) Reid. Thanks. (laughs) Great. Thanks, Harley. We move
0: on to the Gold Coast Suns, (laughs) and the dimmer factor has already started with one of their young guns signing
2: a four-year deal. Yeah, Sam Flanders was brilliant in the second half of the season. We've been waiting for this kid to pop. He was a reasonably high draft pick, and we just haven't seen his best footy. Oh, he came in in the second half and smashed it, and I reckon there was a pretty good chance he was gone. There was a lot of clubs circling, a lot of Victorian clubs trying to get this guy. They could see the talent. Uh, I reckon the dimmer factor is a big reason he is staying. Mm-hmm. He signed on not just for a year, not yeah. just for two. He's signed on for four years, and I think what you're going to see, and this is nothing against Stewie Jew. Stewie Jew was a, a really good coach and a fantastic bloke, but what you bring in when you bring in a Hardwick, it's the same when you bring in a Clarko. Players just go, hey, hold on a minute. I'm not missing out on this. This guy has proven before he's can, he can get it done. He's proven he can take us to the promised land. And, hey, that last 10 weeks, I was having a hell of a lot of fun playing footy. And so I reckon that was a no-brainer decision from Sam Flanders. Great for the Gold Coast Suns. They've mm. lost a lot along the way. They're not losing them anymore. Uh, and that's fantastic for him too.
1: I had a good chat to Bob East as well at the AFL Awards. Did on, you? I did on Wednesday. How many
2: buttons did he have up? No. <laughs>
1: What do you mean? What's with the buttons? He's the
0: Bob Easter's your boy that came back with the slicked hair, did yeah. the press conference with his buttons down yeah, to his yeah, belly yeah. button. He r- had a good time r- in Milan. The most, let's of, be yeah, yeah. the most Gold Coast looking bloke ever. the operator.
1: But it's exciting, isn't it? Now for the Gold Coast Suns, they really did threaten early. Unfortunately, dropped off in the second half of the season, but. Damien Hardwick at the helm now. Noah Anderson winning the club's BNF as well uh, a few days ago. But Bailey Humphreys, they've got Matty Rao, like such a quality young list coming through that if they can pick up a couple of more senior players, I guess, maybe a key, key forward, key back, those those kind of positions, then I think that they're pretty well positioned.
0: Yeah, and no doubt the dimmer factor is real because I'm sure all of us three now think that the Gold Coast Suns could spike and play finals next year. If it was still Stewie Dew, and I love Stewie Dew, I'd probably have them in that ninth to
2: 13th Mm -hmm. bracket again. You get a bump. You get a bump with a dimmer, and you get a bump with Clarko, and all these guys, they offer you two. It was the same with Ross Lyon when he signed at St Kilda. I thought they're going to be a three-win better side, and... They probably were. They're playing finals footy. Just quickly before we move on from news, Jake Lever has also signed on four more years at Melbourne. That's massive. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the better key defenders in the AFL. And tonight, believe it or not, Toby Bedford is still waiting for his tribunal appearance like 10 days <laughs> after it happened. It's insane. Yeah. And he's got a final this week. They should have held it last week. It was for bumping Zach Fisher. It was rough contact. I reckon we almost just give him the game off because he's already had to sit and wait for eight days. So mm. I think that's a ludicrous. Deal with it straight away. He'll be allowed to play. Yeah. There's nothing in that
0: that is harmless.
1: He
2: almost stopped and picked him up.
1: Shoulder to shoulder. Shoulder to shoulder. Just
0: unfortunate that uh, Fish went down, of course. And he's become a really important player for the GWS Giants Mm. with that speed in the forward half, pressure, but also getting back and ripping towards goal. He's someone they will certainly love. That is as comprehensive as ever from our boy. Of course, we expected
1: nothing less. Finger
0: on the pulse that must be getting sore. What about Absu? You had uh, your eye and you actually travelled to pretty much every destination in Australia (laughs) on the weekend as we kicked off the the start of the AFL-W season.
1: Huge start, season eight. Of course, Friday night we had Melbourne defeating the Pies 73-31. to They sent a very big message to the rest of the competition. Yes, they won a flag in Season 7, but for me it just seems as though there's a little bit of a gap between Melbourne and the rest. Already? Already. Wow, small sample size. And it's interesting, they've kept their entire premiership team bar Daisy Pearce together. So it's still the best team in the competition. Kate Hoare stepping up as captain. She's one of my favourite players in the competition to watch. But uh, there were so many positives to take out of round one. Yesterday I was up in Brisbane and, and that Brisbane Tigers game was awesome. Tigers getting the job done by six points, forty to thirty-four. Caitlin Greiser in her first game for the Tigers, she kicked a goal as well on debut in the yellow and black, and she looked really good. Monconti doing Monconti Mon things. Monconti
0: in the four, like
1: Did you see her goal?
0: Real Dusty Martin oh, vibes. Oh,
1: and there was actually a comparison drawn on Fox Footy. Really? Um Dustin Martin at the age of 22, yeah. Mon Conti at the age of 22, and they compare very, very similarly. You've Mon- got
0: real class and a I might just bit say
1: Mon Conti's uh, stats are a little bit higher than Dusty's oh. at the age of 22 <laughs> as well. Shots fired. Which, it, which is pretty good considering <laughs> it's managed minutes, obviously, in the AFLW, a lot less than what we see in the men's competitions. But where I wanted to go with right. this... Sydney Swans got their first ever win ever. in the AFLW, ever. They did not get a win last year in their first season in the competition. Five points against the Giants, Ooh. 7 fifty one to 7 forty six. Chloe Malloy has gone up to New South Wales. She had 13 disposals, six tackles, two goals on her Swans debut. But I'm not sure if you saw the video of all of the Swans' players the men's players in the stands when that final siren went that was one of the the best feel good moments for footy in in 2023 so far
2: yeah it was it was fantastic and that touches on something that I I really think is important where with where the AFLW is at the clubs everyone's got their own team now right there's 18 AFLW teams as there is AFL teams Mm. I think the clubs that embrace the sort of integration and getting behind each other are the ones that are going to create that great culture. And you're going to see it in results. I think that's going to accelerate things. The other part of it too is and you touched on this with Melbourne, is retention. Because there's so many new teams coming in the last two, three, four, five years. The players are moving left, right and centre. The clubs that can keep teams together uh, are going to be far better. We saw that yesterday with the derby over here. The Eagles were awful mm. last year and the year before and the year before that. But they kept, I think, 90% of their list yeah, together. they did. And Suddenly, they only lose that derby by a kick and a half, which is a massive improvement from where they've been. So, continuity is important, and I think chemistry within the club as a whole club environment is going to be so crucial to AFLW success.
1: And just on that as well, obviously, last season was where we expanded to the full 18 mm. teams, four new clubs coming into the competition, but... Chloe Malloy is a perfect example. She's come out and said, I loved Collingwood. Yep. Uh, you know, I would have been very, very happy to stay at Collingwood. But some of these superstars have the obligation, I guess, to to grow the AFLW and to grow the competition, to make it more of an even playing field across the course of the 18 team. So she went up to Sydney, not not to, to help them as such, but to really try and grow the game in New South Wales as well. She is an incredible ambassador for the game and um, she's already had an impact since arriving at the Swans with their two goals yesterday. There
0: still is probably the big five, six stars yep. in that competition that have the ability to give clubs relevance like a mm. Chloe Malloy up there.
1: Yes, and I will just run through. Oh, sorry, yes. Sorry. No, just all right. Carlton defeating the Suns. I was about Suns. to go then too. I, I know like you were. I was like, hold your horses. Let's just run through <laughs> who got the points on yes. the weekend. Adelaide defeating Port in their showdown. Geelong, huge win over the Dogs by 48 points at GMHBA. Essendon got it done against Hawks on Saturday night at Frankston. North Melbourne were very, very impressive against the Saints by 40 points. And then as Rhino just touched on, the Dockers getting it done against the Eagles in, in their Western Derby. How
0: good, very good strong by you this of course is the footy talk podcast your daily dose of footy the latest news interviews and analysis from the world of afl coming up after the break i'll run you through my big three ticket items as we head towards thursday night footy week one of the men's final Welcome back to the Footy Talk Podcast. If you are listening on Spotify, hit the bell. Now, as we know, the buy round has gone. The air gets sucked out of the balloon for the week, but now we pump it back up as all roads lead to the MCG. And my big three points that I'm looking forward to this week are big games and big names. I don't think you have to look too far out of the best handful of players in the competition. Mm -hmm. And when you think Thursday night footy, I think Jordan DeGoei. Oh,
1: Jordy. Mm.
0: Jordy Degoe over there. And on the other side, Christian Petrarca. Yep. These are the two players that have the ability to turn a game in an instant. And I love the fact Jordy Degoe's CV in finals is unbelievable. Talking of Mm Dusty-like, it is comparable. And for Petrarca as well, he is an out-and-out star I love the fact, and we could go on throughout all of the games, but you cannot wait for the big stars in big moments.
1: Gives me goosebumps thinking about Thursday night. What is there, 95-odd thousand expected at the MCG? Craig McRae, funny story. He actually went, this, this speaks volume to Craig McRae and the kind of person he is. He went and lined up to try and get extra tickets. The head coach of the Collingwood Footy Club could not get tickets. Laura Kane on Wednesday night was like, please tell him to email me. (laughs) (laughs) What? But but that's how big this game is. If the Collingwood coach can't get tickets, then you know uh, this is the hottest ticket in town. But Geordie Dugowie, Christian Pedraca, big names who are built for September action – And I cannot wait to see those two contested balls uh, go at it on Thursday night. Rhino, what are you going to
0: look forward to over in Perth? Because both of your sides are no good. (laughs) Uh, Are you going to jump on one for the couple of weeks or the month?
2: Well, I, I think I said this a couple of weeks ago. The grand final I want is your grand final, Daisy. I oh. want Carlton Collingwood. I want that massive crowd. <laughs> I want every. I want Daisy to put a wing on the extras on side the side of the cashies. house. Oh,
1: oh can you goodness. imagine,
2: Abs? Oh. He won't be doing this podcast. He'll be too busy. He'll have that many things going on. Breakfasts, lunches, dinners, after parties, the whole lot. Whatever you want. Parties,
0: birthday parties, <laughs> I'll do it all.
2: <laughs> That's what I want. Best. Hey, the player I've circled and I have for a couple of weeks is Max Gorn. You know, Ooh. with Grundy coming out of that team, Gorn has taken over. And I reckon Thursday night is still set up for him Mm -hmm. he is ready to go he stands up in finals he is a monster of a human that that's the final that i'm most excited about that one and funnily enough i think sydney carlton is the other one that i really think those two teams are the two wild card teams for me if anyone can win it outside the four it would be Carlton and it'll be Sydney. So if those two teams go, they'll go super hard on Friday night. I can't wait for that one. I love the fact, and you're talking of that game, this is where your
0: attention goes to, Abs, because you were spooking Charlie Curnow before. Oh, you yes. think oh, he's yeah. going to tear this game apart. He's
1: incredibly fit, isn't he? He's been coming into the locker. I Ooh. might just throw that the one hurt there locker. Very Yep, he's been I bet he doing the extras, getting it done, back-to-back Coleman medalist. He's another one um, that you just think is going to light it up throughout first September. Final. You yep. could just first imagine final. him,
0: first goal, shoulders yep. back, the big double. Giving cobra it to the and crowd. Just <laughs> chest out and unstoppable.
1: Imagine the sound as well. But Patty Cripps, Patty Cripps, right? What's he played? 170, 180 games. Not one of them has been a final. So I'm so pumped. I can very clearly remember Patrick Cripps's face when they dropped yeah. those two games at the end of last season. They just needed mm-hmm. to win one to play finals. I remember that so clearly. It was absolutely heartbreaking. So I am pumped that Carlton are going to feature on Friday night, and I'm pumped for Paddy Cripps and and Charlie Curnow. Hopefully he can absolutely light it up.
0: I cannot wait for that. My other big one, and I'm slightly concerned about bringing this up because it is a bit of a a negative Nancy sort of operation, the attention on the umpiring and the arc. I've got no doubt after this first week of finals, we will have a line as long as it is to get into electric on a Saturday, (laughs) waiting to hear their cases for a dangerous tackle, a sling tackle, Uh, something rough conduct, Mm. I just fear that if it's consistent like it has been throughout the home and away season, there'll be 10 of them a game.
1: Is that Mm. where the bye needs to fit before? I understand obviously games are games, but if there's a concussion or if there's an injury Uh, or – I know that Luke Hodge in particular with seven, he's been very, very, I guess, vocal about moving this bye from the pre-finals to pre-grand final.
0: Mm, uh, um, yeah. And I get that point with the 12-day protocol that yeah. does give the opportunity to have the best sides going. Yeah. Does it take too much air out of the balloon yeah. though with the momentum but then it from does, the prelim? Like the
1: weekend before you can have your brown low on a Saturday night yeah. rather than the Monday and the lead into it. But it does make you a little nervous on the suspension front as well because you know that finals footy goes up a level. There is yeah. absolutely no doubt about it. And, and as we've seen this year, um, the MRO, the AFL, everybody's really hot on any kind of, of – I guess, head contact or Correct. any sling tackles or anything like that, Rhino?
2: Yeah, two things there. Um, I'll, I agree. Pre-finals by, shift it to the prelim after the prelim. The other part of that too is not just the injuries and all the other stuff, and this is me maybe coming from an outside Victoria voice, but the the teams that have to travel in, if you're coming off, like that, that extra five or six days or whatever it is break – that will level things out a little bit more as well mm. and make it a little fairer for, say, if it's Brisbane this week or if it's Fremantle next year or whoever's coming over. I think that, that that's important to do that too. And you can make that week bloody brilliant. Stick the Brownlow in there like you said, Abs. Like put that on the yeah. on the Monday before in, in the gap. Put the All-Australian night the next night, whatever. There's so much that you could do. And then you don't lose that momentum coming off that final round of the season as well. Mm. So I would love to see that happen. I think that's the right move. And I agree with you, Dace, that the concern is – intensity goes up in finals, the tackles get harder, everything gets faster. You might see even more of these incidents assessed. Let's hope a great player or even a good player is not ruled out from some tackle that we all agree would have been fine two years ago.
0: I tell you, we are going to be talking about this right throughout and I'm scared for teams in prelims. If it's close and you don't have time to think, I'd hate to think what may happen. The other one, and I did put the arc there as well. We'll just skip over that quickly, but please, Lord, let the arc do its job and not ruin (laughs) another game of footy. Um, The last one, expectation of teams coming in. I feel like of the eight teams, there's some added expectation on a few of them. And my list is the Blues, first time appearing in a finals for a very long time, 10 years since 2013. Mm. The opportunity for young players to go out and either rise to the occasion or be overawed by the occasion. You know they're going to come up against a good quality outfit that's been there and done that. I feel like the expectation of all Blues fans is a touch higher than other sides.
1: But as you said, they haven't played finals for a very long time. So I think it's a little unfair to put a lot of expectation on this group. And this is a side that remember at round 12 where everybody was, oh, my God, Round 15, they were they burying, were They were burying <laughs> their scarves, their beanies, yep. putting it under the bed for another year. You know what I mean? And Righty. then the Blues came out and went bang. So... Expectations are high, yes, but it it does make you think about the younger players who have never played finals footy and they've never experienced 90 plus thousand at the MCG during a finals campaign and that added intensity that finals footy gives. So hopefully they can all step up to the plate.
2: Sydney's got some scars from last year, obviously. That grand final was just an abomination. We don't speak of that, do we? Yeah, it was awful. (laughs) They're a talented young side, though. Guys like Errol Goulden and Chad Warner, they're made for these moments. I think you're right. There's a lot of pressure on Carlton, whether it's fair or it's not. Their fans have been hanging out for this for a very, very long time. The other one with high expectations is Brisbane. Yeah, that's 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 the the next one on the list. That is the highest. 100%. I think that they're a team that's been around the mark for, what, four, five years now. They've done a great job of getting to top four spots, getting to prelims, but they've never been able to break through. And I, the funny thing is, their year's kind of been a bit boring and a bit ho-hum, but sometimes that's what you need. That's kind of what happened with Geelong last year. They just did the job and got the business done. One All-Australian, I think, right? Charlie Cameron was the only one who made the actual yep. All-Australian team. Um, and even that wasn't a guarantee going in. So, look, I think there's a heap of pressure on Brisbane to finally deliver 200 finals if they win this weekend um, and that the path is right there for them.
1: If Brisbane do not play in a grand final this year, then then I think that's a step backwards because they have been there about for many, many years, but have been unable to take that next step. So anything less than a grand final appearance – for the Brisbane Lions, will be a bit of a fail.
0: I am really concerned too because Port Adelaide, this is skewed highly in the Brisbane Lions' favour and no doubt that's because of the record they have at the Gabba. Port Adelaide are a bloody good football side. You've got Mm. to remember that 13-week period where they were untouchable. They have the ability to flick it. There's stars everywhere in that lineup, Mm. which makes me even more nervous for the Lions. A couple more. the the two big ones. The Pies, obviously, they're back again. The expectation to get it done but also the Ds. Don't forget that the Ds went from winning a flag to out in straight sets. Mm. This is more pressure than ever before. away. It's big. It's big. Oh, my God. It's big.
1: And that's what's so exciting about this finals campaign that we're heading into now is that anybody on their day can win the flag. It's not – obviously, you've got your outright favourite. Collingwood's finished top of – The latter, yes, but haven't been in great form heading into a final series through to, you know, eighth spot. um, You've got your Swans there. So they're on a good day as well.
0: And apologies, of course, to the Saints and the Giants, who I think is just a genuine free hit. Both of them have overachieved, probably the Saints (laughs) overachieving, GWS still really looking for relevance. If they win the first week, look out there. Hey, team. Absolutely awesome stuff. Rhino, great seeing you, Abby Holmes. You've got somewhere to be a very important wedding <laughs> date. This has been the Footy Talk Podcast. Coming out tomorrow, Joey and Arui, as we start to get closer, inch by inch, towards a big Thursday night clash at the MCG. This has been the Footy Talk Podcast. Listener.